we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands up to heaven and thank Him. We thank you, Father. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. You are good and your mercy endures forever. You are good. Say that with me. Say, he is good. And his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Just as Sarah counted you faithful and received the promise. We declare right now you are faithful. You are a faithful God. You are faithful to your word. You are faithful to your people. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for watching over each and every person here. Father, I declare, just as Sarah said, that their descendants shall serve you. I declare right now that they shall know you, that they shall be led of your spirit. I declare that your family is hungry for the things of God. Hungry for the things of God. I declare they will fulfill the purpose that they, that God has placed upon their lives. They will fulfill their destinies. They will fulfill their destinies. They won't go to the left nor to the right. They'll stay on the straight path in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for the word this morning. I pray for your word in due season for the people here this morning. I thank you, Father, that revelation flows freely, uninterrupted and unhindered by any satanic or demonic force. I declare you are good and faithful. I declare miracle signs and wonders following the word preached. I declare you confirm your word this morning. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Prepared to receive the word of God this morning. I like what, uh, what uh, John Osteen used to say. Joel says it. You know, Joel uh, Osteen, his dad is John Osteen. Uh, how many of you ever listened to jo- Joel Osteen? He said, this is my Bible. He has everybody lift up their Bible, right? right? So we're going to do the same here this morning. I was reading his book. Uh, I don't even think you can get this anymore, but your, your words hold a miracle. The power of speaking God's word phenomenal book. We're going to do some declarations out of here this morning. You know, for time's sake, we're going to do a refresher on your words. Some of this may be uh, a refresher to some. Some of this may be new uh, to to some. Uh, Regardless, I believe that this will help you tremendously. If you pay attention, if you receive it, if you act on it, you're going to get something here this morning that has the potential to change your life if you haven't been doing it. And it has the potential to increase uh, what you're doing now and for you to go to the next level, which is what it's all about. The path of the righteous gets what? Brighter and brighter. Better and better. Come on, the song we sung this morning, better and better. That's biblical, brighter and brighter. Come on, it's scriptural for you to be challenged. It's unscriptural for you to be defeated. Come on. It's, let me say that again. 
it is scriptural for you to be challenged. It is unscriptural for you to be defeated. Come on, you have resurrection power on the inside. You, you, you're more than, more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Come on, you are the righteousness of God. You're called to rule and reign. Come on, you're called to dominate, not compete. Dominate. I say that often, but you need to get it into your spirit. I'm not called to compete. I'm called to dominate. I'm not talking about dominate your wife or your children. I'm talking about dominate every circumstance that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Come on, the Bible says I'm healed and I start to get sick. I'm called to dominate this sickness. I have power on the inside of me. I can take care of this. Come on, Jesus lives on the inside. Oh, you got to be talking like that. Praise God. So hold your Bible up. Say this. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I am about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Man, isn't that good? Hallelujah. Praise God. So uh, John Osteen used to say that before every single service. And John Osteen at one point had the largest church in the world. Um, in the world. And, and, you know, he died. And then his son took over. And he then pe- grew it to the largest church currently in the world. Thank God for Joel Osteen. Don't talk bad about Joel Osteen in this church. We don't talk bad about Joel Osteen in this church. So if you don't like him, keep it to yourself. Because we love Joel Osteen around here. We love what he talks about. We love what he, what he does. Well, he doesn't do this. He, well, listen, he, there are ears and noses and hands in the body of Christ. He's playing his part. He ain't supposed to be the leg. He's the nose. Come on. He ain't supposed to be kicking, right? You get the analogy. He's got his part in the... I mean, I'm so grateful. He's helped me more than you'll ever know. There are times where, as a Christian, I was in a place, man, that's all I could hear. I needed to hear. And uplift. I couldn't hear, but I need to just hear, God loves you. You know, his nice smile. I needed to hear some corny jokes. I needed to hear, there's a better day coming. You know, I, I needed to hear that. <laughs> you know, it has its place. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. You know, uh, Joyce Meyer, a lot, the same thing. You know, she, she, Mama Joyce, she, she'll tell you how it is. But she crosses so many denominational lines with her message. Well, she, she's not, she don't move with this. She don't like to move with the Holy Ghost. Yes, she does. But she's called to do something specifically. And I reckon to say the fruit speaks for itself. Come on. The largest ministry on planet Earth aside from the Catholic Church. Come on, man. Hundreds of people working for her. Over 500 in St. Louis alone. Over uh, 200 and something around the world. Seven, 800 altogether. Incredible reach. Almost every nation of the world has her program on. Incredible. And thank God for them. Thank God for them. So everybody has their place. We're not to be, you know, pulling down people. We're not to be, you know, criticizing people. I remember Pastor Henry spoke a word when we were in the... Um, in the rec center, and I have it written down. He, was, he talked about criti- be, be, be careful uh, uh, about criticism, criticizing other people, criticizing ministers of the gospel. Be very careful putting your mouth on the man of God. Very careful. So what? They may have made a mistake. 
So what? You haven't? You haven't made a mistake, right? And so, you know, uh, be very careful with that because that, that is God. Remember, David didn't take out Saul when he had the chance because he said, no, that's God's anointed man. Even though Saul was after him, trying to kill him, trying to do all kind of stuff to him. He had him, he had him dead to rights, David had Saul. He said, no, I will not touch God's anointed. Everybody else thinking, take care of that fool, man. He's going to catch you. Kill him. No, it's God's anointed. That's the kind of reverence we need to have with the things of God and the men and women of God. Very careful. I have to watch it. I have to be very careful with people I don't agree with and this one doing that. And, you know, uh, but, but you got to be very careful with that kind of stuff. You know, you will shut, you, you know, if you don't like somebody's hairstyle, well, oh man. So you decide you don't want to listen to them, but God may have a word for you through them. You have to be very careful, you know, who, who God aligns you with. But this morning, like I said, we're going to be talking about your words and how important they are. The title of my message this morning is Watch Your Mouth. Say that. Say, Watch Your Mouth. Look to your neighbor and say, watch your mouth. Hey, look to the other neighbor now and say, watch your mouth. <laughs> watch your mouth. Very, very important. You know, uh, a lot of people like to mock this kind of stuff. Well, the, you know, those are the confess it, possess it, blab it and grab it folks. And, you know, <laughs> that's what I said. That you, you, That's right. We, we, we do some confessing and we do some possessing around here. Hallelujah. And if you're smart, you'll join us. Come on. Praise God. Oh, the wealth and health bunch. Yeah, that's right. What do you want to be? What do you want to be? The sick and broke bunch? That's the world. Come on. Well, that's the world way. I look at my daughter almost every night when, before I put her to bed. I say, uh, uh, we, we confess. We, I, I have her say this. I say, I'm quick. She knows about heart now. I say, I'm quick. I'm sharp. I'm alert. I'm good looking. I'm rich. And I'm a major blessing. Well, why do you want to say that? Well, what do you mean? You, what do you mean to say? You're ugly. You're broke. You're, you're, you're annoying. <laughs> right? Come on. Life. I'm speaking life into her. Life into her. Life into her. You know, people do the opposite. Nobody says nothing to them. They call their kids stupid and idiots and you'll never amount to nothing. You'll be broke all your life. You know, people say that kind of stuff to their children and nobody thinks the better of it. But if we say something positive, oh, those are those kooky people who like to talk, you know, positive things over their children. And come on, man. Right? Like I said, if, if, if you, if this is new to you, my prayer is by the end of this that you'll, you'll join us <laughs> and this will help you. This will help you. Come on. What you say is vital. What you say is so important. And so, you know, your words carry more weight in your life than anyone else's, including God's. I'm going to say that again. Write that down. Your words carry more weight in your life than anyone else's, including God's. Well, what do you mean? God's word is, is, is supreme. It is. But God says, um, you're healed, right? By the stripes of Jesus, you are made healed. That is God's word for you, Right? But if you get a report from the doctor that says you have cancer, and you just say, well, I got cancer, and that, that's it, I'm going to die, you know, you start, you start putting your stuff in order, you're going to die. You have received that sickness. You have spoken and in agreement with the report of the world. And so that is going to trump God's word that says you have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. Come on. The word of God says that in John 10, 10, that the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to live well. He wants you to be in abundance. Come on. Right? We've talked about this. We're going to talk about it more next week. But if you go around, oh, you know, I'm broke. Oh, you know, I'll never amount to anything. You know, you just, you just start talking all kind of doubt and unbelief over your finances. That will trump God's word for your life. 
Your words over your life hold supreme. They, they, they are the one that's going to guide your life. We're going to see that in the word. I want to I show you that in the word. So uh, first, let's go to Proverbs 19, Proverbs 19, chapter 21. We're going to read some scripture here this morning, if that's okay. Proverbs 19, 21. It should be behind me. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit, and then it says, you choose. You choose. You know, Deuteronomy, I believe it's the uh, 30th chapter, 19th verse, the Bible says, I record heaven heaven and earth this day before you. I put before you life and death, blessing, cursing. Choose life that you and your seed may live. You have to choose life or death. It is your choice. No one else's. God has a will for your life. You have to decide whether you're going to follow it or not. It's the same way with your words. You are the one that is going to choose whether life comes out of it or death comes out of it. And whatever you choose is what's going to happen. Before we end here, don't let me forget, I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to pray a prayer that I wrote down. Uh, Bill Winston prayed it, and I made some adjustment. I love what he said, just canceling some words that we have spoken in the past. You know, almost like a reset button, come on. Canceling the negative words that have been said over your life, that, that you have said over, over your life, that you have said over other people's lives. Canceling them, hallelujah. The mercy of God, the mercy of God. So Proverbs, make sure you're writing these down, Proverbs 19, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in what? The power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Go to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. And starting in the, let's start at the top. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Your tongue, very important. Verse 3, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. A horse. Uh, you ever watch a horse race? Uh, I grew up in Elmont, which is where the, the Belmont racetrack is, the third leg of the Triple Crowns typically. You have the Preakness, you have the, the Kentucky Derby, and you have the Belmont race, the Belmont track uh, makes up the Triple Crown. A horse, man, a strong horse is powerful. They're, they're, they're fast, they're strong, they're muscular. Can you believe a little bit? A little bit can control the might of a horse. The speed and strength of a horse can be controlled by a little thing in the mouth. He, and, and so we're going we're gonna to see, the Bible equates that to your tongue. The bit being able to steer a horse, your tongue will steer your life. It'll steer your body, literally. It will control your body. What you say will control your body. It has nothing to do with how you feel. I wake up sometimes, I don't feel like coming to church. I look, you're the pastor, you need to go, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's sometimes I don't feel like doing some stuff. No, your, your flesh, right? You have, I don't want to go to prayer. Your fl- you have to tell yourself how to feel. No, no, no. I feel great. I feel fine. Body, get in line. We're going. And, and my, my, my tongue will start to change the way I feel. It'll start to change the, what I'm thinking. Come on, by opening up my mouth. We, we've talked about how important it is to, 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 to watch what you say, but, uh, uh, to watch what you think, but it's, it's equally as important to watch what you say. 
So a small bit can control the speed and strength of a horse. Let's continue reading. Verse 3. We, uh, I just read that verse 3. Uh, verse 5. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing but makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. Listen. A small, you think about the forest, a vast forest, mighty forest, trees everywhere, can be destroyed by a small spark. A tiny spark can engulf a whole forest. It has to start somewhere. In the same way, your tongue can either cause hell for you, uh, death, or it can cause life. It all starts with your tongue. I have bought, you know, some of you know, we have uh, an investment company, my wife and I, we buy homes and, and we, we flip them. Uh, there, I have bought homes in the past, uh, two or three of them, that, 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 that were on, you know, they're, they're fire damaged homes. And I like to ask, how did the fire start? What happened to the home? Well, somebody was out back and threw a cigarette down and engulfed the whole house. It always boggles my mind how a small little uh, cigarette, a small little butt with a, with a little bit of a light on the end can, can consume such a mighty building. All it takes is one little, one little, boom. That, that's how serious what you say is. Your tongue can spark life or death in either direction. So we have to be on guard. We have to watch and be very careful what comes out of our mouth. Extremely careful. Let's continue reading. And so J- James, this, this whole passage is devoted to controlling the tongue. He, he's making different analogies. He said a small spark will take down a forest. right? He, he said a bit will control a horse. He's all equating this to the tongue controlling life or death. In the same way, oh, let's see here. Small, okay. Verse 7, people can tame all kind of animal, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessings and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives on a grape and or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw f- uh, fresh fish from a salty spring. I'm going to back up here. People can tame all kind of animals, reptiles, fish, but no one can tame the tongue. Well, if it says here you can't tame your tongue, why why are we even talking about it if you can't tame it? He's talking about you taming someone else's tongue. He says here, well, you can tame a bird, you can tame a reptile, but you can't. I can't tame your tongue, and you can't tame my tongue. He wouldn't be telling us if we couldn't do something about it. We, you, you have the ability and the strength to control what you say. Can I get an amen? amen? You have the ability to do it. And so he says, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. A lot of people, Christians, you know, do, do this all the time. They come to church, confess the right thing, say the right thing, speak blessing, but then go home and speak curse. And speak death and, and, and speak doubt and unbelief. We have to be very careful. We shouldn't be speaking life and death out of the same mouth. We should just stick to life. We should just stick to life. And so I endeavor today to give a refresher and to, to read from the word how important it is to watch what we say. Well, you know, I have to do all that. That seems like, that just seems like I'm in bondage. Well, if you say so. I want to introduce that phrase to you. If you say so, just just think about it. 
Oh, man, every, every season I get the flu. If you say so. I never have enough. Each month I have more bills than money. If you say so. Every time we get a bill paid off, another one comes up. If you say so. Come on. We have to watch it. We have to be very careful with these things. Very, very careful. Some of the things that people say, whether it's ministry or, or anywhere, you know, people just repeat what other people say. You know that? People just like to repeat what other people say, especially my daughter when she was born. Oh, she's wonderful now. Just wait till she's two. Terrible twos. Where the heck that could come from? People just repeat what other people say. Terrible twos. Oh, she's wonderful now. Wait until she's 16 and gets a boyfriend and runs off. They all do. Where the heck does that come from? No, no. When they people say that, I say, smile. And I go, as for me in my house, we shall serve the Lord. My daughter will never do that. She, come on, she, she'll, she'll be steadfast in the things of God. She will fulfill the plan of God. As for me and my house, we will, we shall serve the Lord. Come on. You have to talk like that. You have to talk like that. Just smile real big. <laughs> That ain't happening. I don't know what the heck they're talking about. Come on. People say all kind of stuff. I'm dying to see a movie. If you say so. Right? Either we're serious about this or we're not. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You either believe this or you're not. Or you don't. Well, that's a little overboard, don't you think? Well, if you say so. I mean, if you think that that's... I have seen, I have examined men and women of God who, 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 who adhere to this. I have seen their lives. I have seen those that, that just kind of, eh, whatever, kind of, eh. I have seen the two different lives. I want to live over here with those who, who adhere to this. I have seen the things that, that they produce. I have seen the lives that they live. I have seen the influence that they have. I have seen the peace that they've enjoyed. I have seen over here the chaos that has been created. Come on. How many people you know have lost jobs because they can't control their mouth? How many marriages do you know have been destroyed because people can't control their mouths? Oh, it's no big deal. Yes, it is a big deal. If you can't control your mouth, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Huge life and death. Oh, man, I can't tell you how many relationships, man, have been destroyed. I know some people that, let me just make sure they're not here. No, they're not here. <laughs> they just say what they want to say whenever they want to say it. I just like to be free. I just like to say what's on my mind. I bet you have no friends. Right? I bet you nobody wants to be around you. I just like being real. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. We talked about this. There are, the mental institutions are full with people who think that they have to, they have to uh, adhere to everything that comes into their mind. They, they believe that they can't control their thoughts. They believe that they have to think everything that comes into their mind. There are on another set of people that just speak whatever comes to them. That believe that they can't control their mouths. They believe that they just have to spit it all out. How I many you know that's not true? That's a lie from the pit of hell. Come on. That you just have to say what's on your mind. I just say what's on my mind. If you say what's on your mind, man, you're in for chaos. You're in for, you're in for, for destruction, danger, danger. You're, you know, you're riding down a road, danger, danger, turn back, danger. You're heading on that road. Very careful with these things. Another one, I'm sick and tired of whatever. If you say so. Come on, these are things that we say, and we just loosely just kind of whatever. No, we need to tighten up, folks. We need to tighten up. Come on. 
You raised your hand earlier. You want to go to the next level. We need to tighten up some things. The Lord told me, refresher, give them a refresher. This may be new to some people, but this is a refresher to others. We need to tighten up. Come on, watch your mouth. Say, watch your mouth. We're not going to make a series out of this. This can go so, I mean, this can go into confession, how to confess the word, oh, so many different directions that will be profitable. And we will at some point, but this is just a, a refresher to, you know, uh, but, but I, I'm not doing this by accident. This is done by instruction of the Holy Ghost so that we can tighten up. That must be for a reason. It must be for a reason. The Lord may have some things for you that can't get to you because of the thing underneath your nose. We need to be watching it. We need to be watching it. A couple more. Ah, I always forget the keys. If you say so. Come on. I always forget the keys. We can be watching that. If you always want to forget the keys, keep saying that. Keep saying that. Well, that's a little overboard. Well, not for me. I don't want to forget the keys. I don't want to lose the keys. Right? Oh, that scared me to death. You say so. Here's one that I will correct you on the spot if you say this. <laughs> uh, anybody. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, poor Joe. Look, I ain't poor. I tell people all the time. Oh, poor Joe. I ain't poor. And they're like, huh? I just keep walking. (laughs) Come on. Oh, poor Johnny. Oh, poor Elisa. Elisa is not poor. I know what it's like to be poor. Poor is not holy. I'm not saying that because poor, poverty is a curse. Poverty is a curse. I know what it's like. There's nothing holy about being poor. Well, you talking? You saying poor people are not holy? I didn't say that. I said being poor is not holy. There is a way out for poor people, like Pastor Sarah said. The gospel is good news to the poor. Preach the gospel to the poor. That is a direct commandment. Preach to the why? Because there's a way out. They don't have to be poor anymore. So, so don't twist my words and try to say, well, you say poor people are unholy. No, being poor, I said it. Being poverty, poverty is a curse. It is, you will not learn a thing from poverty. Well, you'll learn to earn the thing to, to value a dollar. There's plenty of other ways to, to learn to value a dollar than not having enough food in your stomach, than, than sending your kid to school with holes in his pants and his shoes. Come on. Amen. Praise God. So don't, don't call anybody poor. Oh, pobrecito, the Spanish people like to say. Pobrecito, nothing. My daughter is not pobrecito, nothing. My son is not pobre, nothing. Wow, that's a little overboard. Well, you stay broke, okay? Uh, we are not. I'm serious about these things. Like, I, you, It's funny, and I laugh too, but I am so serious because I know what words do. I know. I know how powerful words are. How powerful. Do you know most people are in counseling not because of the physical damage or the physical abuse that has been done to them, but because of the words that have been said to them? Most people are in counseling, not because of physical abuse, but because of verbal abuse. Words are powerful. Don't tell me they're not powerful. The numbers don't lie. People are messed up in counseling right now because of the things their mother and father have said over them, their spouses have said to them, their friends have said to them. Oh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a lie. I'd rather you punch me in the face than beat me up with your tongue. I really, it'll heal. Whatever. But in here, the things that come into here, man, they hurt. They hurt. The devil works overtime, you know, to, 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 to you know, you get in an argument and, and you say something, uh, uh, you know, you get in an argument and you want to just say something to, to, to kind of get at that person. It's, it's funny how you find the exact thing you need to say to get them so irritated. It's funny how your words and your mind align and you get the exact picture of what to say. It's almost like you're inspired. 
You are. By the enemy. The enemy will inspire you. I, I know because I'm, I do very well at that. Uh, you know, I, if I yield to him, the devil will, you know, so I have to be very careful. In the natural, to be very careful. Even saying I do very well. No, I, I don't do very well at that. How about that? Come on. I just caught my own words. And, and that's how we have to live. Uh, wait, that don't make sense. Nope, cancel that. Never mind. Shut up. And you have to have somebody. Like, Sarah, Sarah say something. I say, you, you really want that? Or, or, or I'll say something. She goes, well, you have what you say. Oh, that's right. Dang it. Let me correct that. Let me adjust that. Don't get mad at them. Adjust it and keep it moving. Adjust it and keep it moving. Come on. But this is for you. This isn't for you to be thinking, well, they need to stop saying that. They need, I know they like to say that, so I'm going to tell them. No. You focus on you right now and allow this to get on the inside of you because I guarantee you there are some things that you can grow in as it pertains to your mouth. Somebody say, watch your mouth. Come on. This is important. Very important. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> I'm so tired of this piece of junk. Every time you get one fixed, something else breaks. It's always something. <laughs> you know, I've said that before, and I'm like, oh, man, I got to watch it. It's always something, man. It's a little breaking. I've said that not too long ago. <laughs> right? You have to be watching these things. You have to be attentive to your words. Very, very attentive to what you say. Because if you say it, it'll happen. If you say it, it'll happen. You know, people say, well, it puts me in bondage. But, you know, and there are some people that it irritates them when we talk about this. And this isn't about getting irritated. It's about getting free. You can get free right now. You can get free and and live a a life that God has meant for you to live. Uh, But it starts with your tongue. Joyce has a book called Change Your Words, Change Your Life. Change, that's a powerful statement. Change your words, change your life. What do you mean? What do you mean? The Bible also calls the tongue, equates the tongue to a rudder. You know, a rudder on a ship. The the vast, a vast ship, a mighty ship, a heavy ship. The direction of the ship is determined by a small little rudder. In the same way your tongue, the direction of your life is determined by your tongue. By the words you speak. By what you say. Be careful what you say about your children, those of you who have children. Be very careful what you say about your children. You're never going to get it. Man, you're not going to amount to nothing. You keep doing that. I don't even like to say that. Even if it might be, you know. No. You're going to make it. You're going to do well. You're going to do it. Whatever God calls you to do, you're going to do it well. And you're going to excel. And don't tell your kids they can do whatever they want when they grow up. They can't. They can't. There's an ordained plan of God for their lives. And that's the plan they need to do. We tell our kids, you will do everything the Lord has for you. You will be mighty in the things of God. You will grow strong in God. You will continue. You know, you speak that kind of stuff consistently. Let them hear you say it, even if they're adults. I just want to tell you, you're going you're gonna, to, you mean, you're on the right track. You're in the right place at the right time. Come on. Favor is on your life. Hallelujah. Come on. But you need to be speaking this stuff over yourself too. Confessing the word is important. Confessing the word of God is crucial. Blab it and grab it. Yeah. You, I, listen, Kenneth Copeland didn't come up with Mark 11. Come on. Kenneth Hagin didn't come up with that. That's Jesus. When people mock and make fun of these things, who are they making fun of? Jesus. They're mocking Jesus. Oh, you're a Haganite, a Copelandite. No, I'm a Jesusite. Come on. Thank God for those men and women of God who've gotten revelation on that. But that has, you know, 
This wasn't invented in Tulsa. This was 2,000 years ago, Jesus. Come on, hallelujah. This is the Bible I'm reading out of. This isn't some man's doctrine that we're emphasizing here. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. You can have what you say. You will have what you say. Life or death. Very important. Only believe, only... Let's look at the... Well, I'm going to go to Jairus and then I'm going to take communion. We're going to go, go to Mark 5. I want to show you an example of how to handle a difficult situation. You know, something comes up in your life. What you say is important. First words are important. A crucial situation arises. What you say will determine the course and the outcome of that situation. Somebody gets hit by a bus. You know, let's just say somebody gets hit by a bus. What do you, oh my God, my baby. Oh, bad move. Bad move. Your flesh will want to, I knew it. I told them not to go out. Ah. Or, no, 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 no. I believe God. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it didn't happen. It may have happened, but there's healing power available. But it all hinges on what you say. You will have what you say. That's a little extreme. Well, let's look at what the Bible says. Because I believe the word of God. How many believe the word of God? Come on. If it's in the word, I believe it. End of story. If the Bible says it, I believe it. That settles it. Come on. Say that with me. If the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. So Mark 5, 21 through 43, starting in verse 21. Jesus went back across to the other side of the lake. There at the lakeside, a large crowd gathered around him. Jairus, an official of the local synagogue, arrived, and when he saw Jesus, he threw himself down at his feet and begged him earnestly, My little daughter is very sick. Please come and place your hands on her so that she will get well and live. That's his confession of faith. He said, "Ah, Come, lay hands on her, and she will live. Verse 24. Then Jesus started off with him. So many people were going along with Jesus that they were crowded, that they crowded him on every side. Verse 25. There was a woman who had suffered terribly from severe bleeding for 12 years. Even though she had been treated by many doctors, she had spent all her money, but instead of getting better, she got worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came in the crowd behind him, saying to herself, if I just touch his clothes, I'll get well. Verse 29, she touched his cloak, and her bleeding stopped at once. And she had f- the feeling inside herself that she was healed of her trouble. At once, Jesus knew that power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched me? His disciples answered, you see how many people are crowding you. Why would you ask who touched you? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. The woman realized what had happened to her, so she came trembling with fear, knelt at his feet, and told him the whole truth. And Jesus said, my daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your trouble. Now, here's what I want to get to. Pay attention right here. Verse 35. While Jesus was saying this, some messengers came from Jairus' house and told him, your daughter's dead. Why bother the teacher any longer? So some people came, told Jairus, hey, your daughter's dead. Don't bother Jesus anymore. Verse 36. Jesus Paid no attention to what they said. He paid no attention to what they said. But told him, don't be afraid, only believe. So what did Jesus say? Jairus, shh, don't say a word. He said, don't say a word, only believe. Your daughter, uh, let me see here. Go in peace, Jesus. Said to her. Hold on one second. You're done. Jesus paid no, paid no attention what they had said, but told him, don't be afraid, only believe. Jesus looked at Jared and said, don't be afraid, only believe. Shh, only speak life. Doesn't that sound a lot like only speak life? Come on. Shh, don't say a word. Because if you say, don't say a word, just believe. 
Come on, that, that's what he had. He told, Shh, and read, look at the rest of it. Don't be afraid, only believe. Then he did not let anyone else go with him except Peter, James, and his brother. Sometimes you got to cut people out. When you're in a situation and, and, and things are happening, come on, you have to take people out. Hey, no, no, go, listen, I, I can't with you right now. Whatever you have to say, you're in a life and death fight right now. Okay, it's not time for how you feeling, how you doing, what's going on, tell me what's happening. And you got to keep reliving, keep talking about this. Hey, listen, I'll talk to you when this is over. You got to get faith people around you, people who will speak life, people who know, who will tell you, shh, only believe, shh, only believe, shh, only believe. Come on. Very, very important. Very, very important. Because Jesus paid no attention to what was said. I'm telling you, don't pay any attention to what other people are saying. Only believe the word of God. Pay no attention to your little voices telling you what to do, or, or your mama, your brother, even your pastor, if he's in unbelief. You need to, to only believe and hold on to the word of God. Don't be afraid, only believe. Then he did not let anyone else go with him except Peter and James and his brother John. They arrived at Jairus' house when Jesus saw the confusion and heard all the loud crying and wailing. He went in and said to them, why all the confusion? Why are you crying? The child is not dead. She is only sleeping. How I many you know when, when the message came to Jairus, Jairus could have said, he, well, I knew we should have gone quicker. Why did you stop, Jesus? I knew she was going to die. No, no, no. He, he was tem- How many know he was tempted to do that? It was not set here, but come on. Very easily, that could have come out of his mouth. But he stayed quiet. He stayed quiet and believed Jesus. Jesus came and, and gave the word and said, why are you crying? The, children, uh, the child is not dead. She's only sleeping. They started making fun of him. How many you know you're going to be made fun of for doing stuff like this? Happen to Jesus, it'll happen to you and I. When you take a stand in faith, the world, like this, especially like this, even in general, the, the world will laugh at you. The world will say, what the heck are they doing? Well, who do they think they are? What, are, what, what kind of weird stuff are they doing? I... I I believe the word of God. Come on, I'm going with this. I'm going with this. You go what you want to go with. I'm going with this. Hallelujah. I'm going with this. This is what I'm living my life by. This is what I'm operating by. I don't care what Dr. Phil says. Come on. I don't care what Oprah Winfrey says. I don't care. I'm going with what God says, whether it looks crazy to them or not. Come on. This is his daughter is at stake. And the people are making fun of him. So what did he put them out? Get out. Come on. Get out. He had to get out. I need faith. You need people that will help you in faith surrounding you. Took the child's father and mother and his three disciples and went in the room where the child was lying. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kom, which means little girl, I tell you to get up. She got up at once and started walking. Hallelujah. She was 12 years old when this happened and they were completely amazed. This, this, this right here is a blueprint on how to handle situations that arise. You know, you may be challenged. There may be something that happens in your life that is like this, of this magnitude. But this is how you handle every situation. You, you hush. If, if, if you can't say positive words, shut it until you can. Sometimes we just need to shut up. Hate to use it like that, but sometimes we just got to zip the lip. Zip it. And so you can get faith in you until you can build your spirit to speak life. Because you need to say something. If you don't say anything, you will lose by default. But you need to, if you need a period of time, that's fine. Build your spirit and then make sure life is coming out of your mouth. And that you surround yourself with people that are going to help you in these things. You need to be around people that are going to correct what you're saying. You do. You do. We all need it. We need it. Hey, watch that. That ain't good. How many know Todd White is? Todd White. You ever heard of Todd White? Todd White. Great, great evangelist. Doing amazing things. Incredible guy. Just awesome. I love his spirit. But he was buying a building. 
Now, you know, he knows how to preach and evangelize and do amazing things. And, but finances, he, you know, he, he grew up in church, didn't teach him about this kind of stuff. Who did he go to? <laughs> Kenneth Copeland. He, he, who else do you go to when you need to believe for something big and you, you need to learn about these things? You go straight to Brother Copeland, who's got revelation on these things. He went to Brother Copeland to learn and, and to oper- learn how to operate these principles. Brother Copeland, uh, um, Todd White said one of the first things he told me was, I got to be careful what I'm saying. What you're saying is, is, whoa, you'll never get where you want to go because of what you're saying. He corrected what he was saying. And do you know that Todd White took so much flack from his partners for going to see Kenneth Copeland? People dislike, there's a demon that dislikes. Their their primary assignment is is to slander Christians who have money. Come on. Have there been pastors that have made mistakes and, and yeah, but you could say that about your profession too. A dentist, doctor, whatever you work in, there are people in your field that have messed up and made mistakes. That don't mean we don't hire painters because the last painter robbed my money. No, I need a painter. What are you talking about? Just because the last one did something stupid doesn't mean we throw them all out, right? They're, they're every professional, roofer, whatever, you go down the line, same thing. But the devil hates a Christian who has finances. But I'm telling you, I believe millionaires will come out of this church. Millionaires. I know it. I know it. Millionaires. Well, uh, I'm telling you, man, you can do amazing things with resources. You can help so many people. Come on. And you, you start now, though. You start right now. Well, I'll wait till I get millionaire and I'll start helping. No, you won't. No, you won't. The Bible says those who are faithful with the little will be faithful with the much. If you're not faithful where you are, you won't be faithful down the road. It's a lie. Well, no, it's not a lie. Yes, it is. The Bible's true and, 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 and anything else is a lie. Come on. That's what we live by. Hallelujah. How many, you know, how, how many are you going to watch what you say? Come on. In World War II, there was a slogan that they, that they were promoting, loose lips sink ships. Right? Loose lips sink ships. You know, talking too much. Back in those days, you know, a sailor would be talking at a bar and people would pick up on it. You know, and, and then the enemy would know the plans of what's happening. Same thing. The enemy can't do anything to you unless you allow him to. The Bible says that the enemy, uh, the devil is roaring like a lion, seeking who he may devour. That means he can't just devour anybody. There are certain people that he cannot devour. And so if you allow him to by opening up your mouth, he will. He will. He will. And so loose lips sink ship. You need to watch what you're saying. Amen. So let's do this confession and we'll take communion. Do, 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 do. Let's see if I can find it here. Hallelujah. Where's that prayer? Well, might be all right. Hope I wrote it down. If not, it's okay. I'll do it. I want to just also tell you, be careful with venting. Venting is not... You know, people that just vent, let it out. Do not, do not, do not just vent. That is the great way to allow the enemy to come rushing in. You may need help with something. Go to your pastor, talk, but don't vent it out and let it all out. No, no. There are many studies that have been done to debunk that whole venting thing. You know, that came from uh, Sigmund Freud who said venting is, is important. But, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. That's what Proverbs twenty one twenty three says. Come on. 18.7 says, a fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are a snare of a snare of his soul. The stupid man's tongue is his undoing. His lips put his life in jeopardy. I don't know how much more we need to know about this. Uh, how much more we need to realize, uh, read about this to, to realize this is important. This is absolutely crucial about what we say. Well, I'll just lead you in a confession. Stand, stand to your feet real quick. 
And let's say this from our hearts like we believe it and mean it with enthusiasm. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this word. By your grace, and I ask you to set a guard over my lips. And by your grace, I will speak only life. I come boldly to declare that I'm strong spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, and materially. I thank you that I'm strong in my body, strong in my mind, and in my spirit. I am strong. You are my father, Jesus. No, you are my father. Jesus, you are my Lord. The Holy Spirit dwells within my body. I am covered with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The angels of God attend my way. Lord, I do not believe all that my eyes see, all that my body feels, and all that the enemy would bring against me. I know that I shall rise no higher nor sink lower than my confession. In Jesus' name. You won't go any higher than what you're saying. Come on, you will not go any lower than what you're saying. How high you go is dictated by what you say. Come on. Very, very important. Go ahead and have a seat real quick, and then we're gonna, I'm going to just uh, read a couple of scriptures, and uh, we're going to take communion. Hmm? Yeah, I'm trying to find the one I have, but yeah. We're going to take communion, so if you would, guys, have the communion elements ready. Yep, they have them ready. I like to call this the miracle meal. The miracle meal. This isn't just a religious exercise. Something happens. A supernatural transaction is taking place when you consume of the elements. You are saying, I believe what Jesus did when he died on the cross. I believe that his blood was shed for me, not just to go to heaven, but for me to be healed well, come on, mentally, financially, strengthened in my spirit. So when you take of this, come on, you are allowing the life of God to permeate in your body and uproot anything anti-covenant. Anything that is anti-covenant, you can expect it to go when you consume of the elements. David Oyedepo says anything anti, because the Bible says do this as often as you, you know, before you take the communion elements, it says do this as often as, and it goes into the scripture, as often as what? As often as anything anti-covenant comes against you, take communion. Anytime something that is anti-covenant, what is anti-covenant? Anything that is under the curse of the law comes against you. Sickness, you know, uh, mental illness, depression, anxiety, financial lack. Anytime you're being pressured on, uh, uh, you know, uh, along these lines, take communion. Take communion. How many times? As many times as you need to. There, there is, you don't have to just take it in church. You can take communion at home. Get some juice, right? Non-alcoholic juice. Come on. Some of you like some non-alcoholic some uh, <laughs> some bread and take take communion at home and break bread at home. You don't need a minister to to minister uh, this to you. You can do this at home, um, and I and I guarantee you, you'll see some things happen in your life. Hallelujah! The Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, "Take 
eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Therefore, we do not eat bread nor drink of the cup unworthily, but rightly discern the Lord's body. We receive communion together now as, a, as the righteousness of God. Say this. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Say, I'm free from the works of Satan, spirit, soul, and body. You can expect something to happen. Go ahead and distribute the elements, uh, um, ushers, and then we'll partake. I'll read a little bit more and we'll partake. Um, These are very simple to use, as you can see. The the top, you just peel off and you'll see the cracker there. And then the juice is inside. What? I got it, I got it. I actually found it since you said that. So you can expect something to happen here. You got the bread out? I'm going to read that again. The Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took the bread. And when he had given thanks, say this, say, I give thanks. He broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of you. Father, we remember right now what was done on Calvary over 2,000 years ago. We thank you for that. We're so grateful, Lord. We remember everything you've done for us. And we declare as it is written in your word, it is being done unto us. We declare you are Lord and Savior of our lives. We declare you are the only way to heaven, Jesus. We declare you are faithful to your word. We serve you. We serve you with enthusiasm and with a passion and a zeal. We thank you, Father, for, to, for, for the opportunity to be a part of what you're doing here on earth. And Father, you said greater works we shall do. So Father, we take this in remembrance of what you've done for us. And anything that is anti-covenant, we declare it gone. As we take this in the name of Jesus, the life of God will flow through you and rid anything anti-covenant. Go ahead and partake. Hallelujah. Put a little music on. Please. Where's Jordan? I can't believe he has to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Who has to go to the bathroom? Hallelujah. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Father, we receive everything that, that the blood has given us. Everything that you died for us to have, everything you shed your blood for us to have, we receive it right now in the name of Jesus. We receive it. We receive it. Say this. Say, I receive it in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and partake. Father, we give you thanks for all that you've provided for us in Christ Jesus. We confess this day we are the blessed of the Lord. This covenant we have entered into at the new birth is a covenant filled with the exceeding great and precious promises of God. And we are partakers of those promises now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I, I found the prayer. We're going to cancel out the negative words uh, that, you, that we have spoken. I've said things that I wish I could bring back. But how many of you know, if somebody, if somebody backs up their car and dents your, your bumper, they can get out and say they're sorry, which is great, but the damage is done. The damage is done. They, well, no matter what they say, the dent is in the bumper. 
So we need to be very careful what we say because even though we may say something we don't mean, the damage is done. You could say something you don't mean, but, but the person has received those words and it, it'll do what the words do. It, it'll hurt. So we have to be very careful not to just say things that come to us. I'm talking to myself here by the grace of God. I, I pray, Lord, put a guard over my lips, put a sentry over my lips to watch what I say, that I would speak only life. It's not right for us to speak blessing and cursing. We speak life. We are vessels of life. Say this, Father, in the name of Jesus, I cancel every negative word that I have spoken. Every word that I've released that has been against your will and your plan for my life and the lives of others. I ask you to forgive me for it. I cancel it now in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, from this day, give me understanding. Give me conviction from the Holy Ghost. That, I, that when I go crosswise to the Word of God, help me. Give me grace to say what you said in every situation. Help me to be bold. Help me to be strong. You said, whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. Now from this day forward, my words are now only going to make me free. But whoever I, sp- and whoever I speak those words over will be free. I thank you for it. From this day forward, I shall win and never lose. I shall be the top and never on the bottom. I am the head and not the tail. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you get something out of that this morning? Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I believe that this right here, uh, if taken seriously and implemented, will change your life. I really believe that. I believe if we hone in on this teaching, it'll change our lives. We haven't recorded. I'm going to put it out. It's not long. You, you listen to it again. Get it on the inside of you. Remember, you, you have to actively take inventory of your life. That's what studying the word and taking prayer and praying is. The Bible says that the Bible is like a mirror. When you read, you, it examines your spirit and your heart and the things that are in there, and it, it'll make corrections and adjustments. But you have to take the time to do that. Getting in the word and, and doing all that will help you. Amen? Stand to your feet. I'll pray a blessing over you, and we'll be here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. Lift up your hands to the, to the heavens. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this day to be able to come and to worship you freely. We thank you for everything that you've done here this morning. We receive your word with gladness. We declare we're doers of the word. We declare that we are good soil for the word to grow roots and to bear fruit. We thank you, Lord, that this week will be the best week that we've had. I pray a, a hedge of protection over your life, and I declare no plagues shall come near your dwelling. I declare the angels of God are encamped around you lest you dash your foot against a stone. I declare right now that the goodness and mercy of God will follow you all the days of your life in Jesus' name. And if you're in this place and you have never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, today is your day. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. 
You're not promised tomorrow. If something were to happen to you, if you were to leave here and something were to happen to you and you were to die, are you 100% sure that you'd be going to heaven? If you're not, today is your day to know 100% that your destination, your eternal destination would be heaven. Eternal means forever and ever and ever. There is a heaven to gain here this morning and a hell to shun. You don't have to clean yourself up to come to God. God will take you as you are. The grace of God will follow up behind and help you to change anything that you may need to change. It is the greatest gift, the greatest decision you'll ever make. It has changed so many lives. It has changed my life. It'll change your life. He's no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for another. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, that Jesus is Lord, that you shall be saved. Confessing him as Lord and you shall be saved. Very simple but powerful prayer. So if you're in this place and you want to pray that simple prayer, just slip up your hand and I'll be happy to pray with you so that you can know 100% sure that you'd be going to heaven. Is there anybody here that would like to pray that prayer this morning? No? Wonderful, wonderful. Those of you that are listening to me on this recording, you can pray this prayer with me. Church, pray it with me. Say, Lord Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I I believe believe that you are the Son of God, that you you were crucified, that you died, died. and on the third day rose again. I believe you are the Son of God. I repent of my sin. I ask for your forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness. I believe I am now saved. Use me, Lord, to bring glory to your name. I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says that all of heaven is rejoicing at you praying that prayer. Welcome to the kingdom of God. The next step. Finding a good Bible-based church where they're teaching and preaching the Word of God. Where you go to church is important. I'm talking to everybody. Where you go to church is crucial. Where you go to church is vital to your life, to your relationships, to your financial prosperity, to just everything. Everything comes out of where you go to church. Everything. Everything. You don't move for a job. You move for a church and the job comes out of that. Come on. Very, very important. So I want to welcome you to Life in Christ. If you live here anywhere near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, 426 South Queen Street, 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Uh, Those of you that have joined us this morning, thank you so much for coming this morning. We love you guys. Bless you guys. Make sure you're inviting people to church, inviting people to come to church to hear the word of God because it has changed your life. It's only right that we tell people so that their lives can be changed also. Did you have something? Oh, well, praise God. Thank you. Uh, We're going to be up here to pray. And uh, you're dismissed. Have a wonderful week. We love you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow at 8 o'clock.